Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hello, hey, what's up? This is another episode of Cinematics. This is, I was going to say, Find Your Film. We're going to get to that in a second because I have some Find Your Film brethren with me, formerly of this. We're going to actually put some something in the grave in, in a very morbid way, but then we're going to, like the phoenix, we're going to come out like a, what, what, a fiery bird, Eric Holmes? Is, are, we, are we like phoenixes or phoenix, phenai, phoenixes on this episode? What are we, Eric Holmes? What do you think? I, well, I was going to say phenai, but this is a family channel, so I don't know if I can say that out loud. Thank you so much, Eric Holmes. You are prim and proper. And, uh, Eric Holmes, th- this is cinematics. We're going to be a little bit more buttoned down. Are you ready for that? And I, first of all, before you answer that question i am very sorry no yes you're not ready for it you're not ready you're okay i'm very sorry and now i'm now i'm worried about what's coming next but it was was good talking with you guys while i'm here no no i I was i was just well bruce can you you think eric holmes will be able to not swear during these cinematics episodes because it's a clean show and again i am sorry to to both of you that we're not going to be speaking like proverbial sailors anymore more like the prim and proper anderson gowan are you ready for that bruce for that soap-ish cleaned mouth kind of verbiage that will I I I think I'm ready for it. I, I'm also I don't know if I'm ready for the prim and proper Anderson Cowan. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But, um, <laughs> I suppose I can imagine that such a thing exists. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's a Christmas Carol's coming. Maybe he sees all the Christmases of different times, and he he becomes a different person. I don't know if it's Christmas Carol, Carol uh, Thanksgiving turkey, whatever's going on right now with Anderson and his family. There's a lot of icicles because he is currently in Iceland as we speak. He will be joining us here on Cinematics in the middle of the month or maybe before that, maybe. I don't know, Eric Holmes, do you think you can actually recruit Anderson and just pretend to actually talk about movies and maybe you can bug the line on Anderson Cowan to just actually secretly tape an Anderson Cowan conversation so we can use it for our Cinematics podcast feed? you think you can do that? A little bit of subterfuge? Can you do that, Eric Holmes, for us? Well, I'm not much of a spy, but I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I'll just I'll just bug the phone and then somehow it'll pick up text, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the way it's gonna work is look, we're formerly from Find Your Film. We were really growing the podcast. One of the things we really love to do is we love to find different gems every single week. As you guys know, every single week there is whether it's a streaming service, a big movie studio, there are really spotlighted films that most people, the media is going to cover. Me, Bruce, and Eric, Bruce and Eric primarily, because they're very good at this, they find some gems, some really hidden gems that hopefully by the end of the week, you will have some really good movies. That was a whole aesthetic behind your, behind Find Your Film. And we're going to continue to do that type of coverage here on Cinematics on a weekly basis, along with covering weekly movies that are coming out on a given week. We will hopefully, a lot of these movies we're covering will include indie-driven hidden films that hopefully you guys can catch via streaming or on demand, or maybe your local theaters playing them. Eric and Bruce will also man some recommendations. They're going to actually free up their game. So maybe some recommendations via streaming. Eric Holmes, I remember for a huge spell on Find Your Film, he was really into Kirk Douglas. He still is. He went through like maybe several weeks when he was recommending a whole bunch of Kirk Douglas movies. Eric Holmes, what's what's the last Kirk Douglas movie you've seen? It's been a while for you, huh? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, I think I just saw Ace in the Hole again recently. Yeah, I covered um, it. 
But as far as new ones, goodness, I cannot remember. Lonely Are the Brave. I remember you like Lonely Are the Brave, something that Bruce and I, you and I, Bruce, have not seen Lonely Are the Brave. Do you know that it's considered one of Eric's favorite uh, Kirk Douglas films? And I just made that up right now because I I, I think I I remember. What? You're not wrong. It is pretty good. I I think if anyone likes uh, First Blood, the first Rambo movie, there's a lot of uh, of similar fabric between those two movies. Never thought of it. Okay, so someone says, Eric Holmes, former Finder Film. Oh, I'm so sad to say that. Former Finder Film host, but current Cinematics co-host. Wood is Lonely Are the Brave. And first blood, great double feature. I think so. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of one and the same. Uh, they they have a very similar storyline to each of them. Okay, very very good. Uh, so right now for episode one hundred sixty five of Cinematics, we're going to be doing. Look, this is our first. Even though Eric and Bruce they've been covering every single first week of the month, and we do previews. We're going to do some previews in our own way. But right now. Eric and Bruce are going to be here and me on a weekly basis. We're going to be giving you now actually movies that are coming out on a weekly basis. So that'll be four to five episodes of just movie reviews every month, along with my Flick City interviews. Eric Holmes has been doing interviews as well. And Bruce loves to do interviews too down the road. He will be doing that. But for the purposes of this episode, we're covering a bunch of movies. First off, I see a five-star banger under Eric Holmes's rotisserie rotisserie chicken of movies there's a movie called 2020 chaos and hope chaos and hope eric holmes actually give this a five-star banger eric holmes a little teaser are you going to be covering this movie is this uh, for 40 minutes what are we uh, what are you going to say about this movie huh i will not say it's a five-star banger uh, i think some people will think that i am not one of those people i'm part i'm part filipino part thai bruce i don't know your ethnicity are we blood relatives or are is that something that you and eric are covering on the show what's that um we could be blood relatives you never know i mean i haven't gone that far back in our family trees maybe (laughs) Maybe the branches join somewhere and that would be a whole new twist to the show my gosh it's so nice to see you i never knew it (laughs) very very i'm your father oh no the family media (laughs) why did you cut my hand off why did you do that um Blood Relatives. Yeah, we're going to talk about Blood Relatives. Uh, it might be on Shudder. It might involve vampires, maybe? Ma, oh. maybe? Okay, might, maybe. And there's another Shudder release, Eric Holmes, that you and Bruce saw. It, what it's called, Slashback. Yes. And you were saying, I, you said, do you remember what you said to me before we started recording the show? Do you, 10 minutes ago, do you remember what you, you said to me as actually a, as a wait? Uh, did I love you? And I wish you were here and I could give you big hugs. Oh, thank was you that, so was, much. Was that it? Very thoughtful and very festive and very uh, humane and uh, wonderful of you. Thank you so much. I am a sociopath, so it kind of bounces off of me. But Slashback, Slashback, you said Slashback forever. So I have a feeling that you might be having good vibes for this other Shutter release, Slashback. Finally, our big featured for this week, I guess featured because of the actors involved, is a movie. I don't know. It's it's a movie called The Sun. It's headlined by Hugh Jackman and one of... I think Bruce Perky loves Vanessa Kirby a lot. Who else do you like? You love Laura Dern, The Sun, Eric Holmes and I, we're, we're uncles. So I'm assuming Bruce Perky, since you are a father, The Sun may have struck a little bit of a personal chord uh, for you or resonant or might have appealed to your cinematic senses and your hum- human senses as well. Are you excited to review <laughs> The How Sun? How dare you accuse me of being a human? How <laughs> dare, dare you? Are you excited? Well, what can you tease about The Sun? Um, I'm going to go with Eric and I'm, I'm hoping that the third film is the Holy ghost 
And that uh, I was looking for a Holy Ghost this whole movie. I uh, maybe one appeared. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. I'm Catholic. I'm all for that Holy Trinity that Bruce is referencing. The Father. A couple of years ago, we reviewed it on Find Your Film. The more I say Find Your Film, the more I start to get teary eyed. What we reviewed is that wonderful Anthony Hopkins movie from a couple of years ago. We're gonna we're gonna discuss. Is this movie that was directed by I believe his name is Florian Zeller? I believe. So we're, this is his follow-up to The Father. It's called The Son. Does it live up to The Father? It's going to be hard. We'll see. We'll, we'll tell you guys if it's worth a recommendation this week on cinematics. All right. Finally, we're going to do a... a what do we call this segment, Bruce? A find your film segment? Should we just call it the find your film segment as far as our big recommendation of this week or maybe a big warning? What do you have for us this week as far as to round out the show? Uh, I have a 1970... You said put 79. I think it's 72, actually. Okay, that my bad. Oh, no, it is 79. It is 79. 1979 okay. film, French film called Siri Noir, uh, directed by Corneau. And it was suggested to us by filmmaker, oh boy. Eight-carapatian. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Director of Squeal. Squeal, this is a movie that we all really enjoyed. We all loved. And Eric Holmes did an interview with Aik. Carapetian, I believe, uh, several, a couple months ago. And that is on our Deepest Dream YouTube channel. Eric Holmes did a really good job with that interview. I was a little bit heartbroken that Anderson didn't flip for Squeal as much as we all did. But this is Eric Holmes. Recommendation? Squeal? People will I, love I, Squeal I if they love what? Yeah. Oh, if they love Oh, geez. <laughs> or what kind of person Squeal, would like Squeal? Squeal's kind, of, well, Squeal's kind of its own movie, so it's hard to compare it to... Uh, I guess Babe Pig in the City meets Lose the Flower of Evil, maybe. Excellent. Babe Pig in the City meets Lose the Flower of Evil. It is an acquired taste, correct, Bruce? Uh, squeal. It's it's one of these things that is, is there a barrier to entry? I just thought the, the story was really well done, but I, what kind of people won't like Squeal if they're looking at for streaming or on demand? Well, who, I suppose if you, if you can't read subtitles in a movie, that would be a barrier to entry. Um, and if you want your fairy tales to always be happy-go-lucky and animated. It's probably not that type of fairy tale. But other than that, I'd say uh, dive in and see what it's all about. Okay, let us dive in right now with the first movie of the week. It's a movie that actually Bruce saw about a week and a half ago, Slashback, and we didn't have the time to cover it. Bruce, let's start off with you. Is it available on Shutter right now? What's the premise? And you and Eric can review this movie. Uh, Yes, Slashback is available right now on Shutter. I think it's been out now for, I want to say, about not quite a week. I think it officially came out like last Thursday, which by the time you get this, it'll be out about a week. Uh, directed by, oh boy, this is going to be full of names that I can't say. Yeah, what he said. Nila Inuksuk. Directed by that person. It takes place in this Inuit village very, very, very far north, like into the Arctic Circle. And it looks to be all filmed on location. And I believe kind of similar to the movies of Chloe Jaw. I believe mostly uh, the the teenagers in this movie are played by actual members of that community that is that it's being filmed at. That is kind of the big thing to take into account right out of the gate. These are not professional actors. You are not going to get high-tier professional acting, but you might make up for that with the kind of a can-do, let's-make-a-movie kind of approach that this has. Uh, the basic concept is... Um, the small village in the middle of summer in the Arctic Circle, so they don't ever get darkness in their nighttime. The nighttime is just slightly dimmer than the daytime. 
And during a big chunk of this movie, I think it's supposed to be the longest day of the year. Because chunk, big chunk of this movie, the parents in the town are all having the uh, longest day of the year uh, party, where I guess they all go together and get drunk. And the latchkey kids, uh, these are all probably mid to young teen, mostly uh, young women in this movie, find themselves undergoing some sort of a possible alien invasion. And since they're obsessed with Carpenter's The Thing, they think they're equipped, along with some of their uh, <laughs> hunting practices they've been taught over the years, to deal with this threat. And that's kind of the basic concept of the movie. That sounds like so much fun. I, <laughs> Eric Holmes, was this movie fun for you to watch? You said Slashback Forever. I, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely rough around the edges. But like Bruce said, like when you get non-actors in there, you kind of have to expect something like that or non-professional actors, whatever term you want to use. But I think that's kind of the fun of this. It's kind of like um, imagine getting a bunch of your friends together and making a movie and the person shooting and editing the movie is just really good at it. And so it's got it's got, um, you know, it's got the uh, pulpy kind of alien invasion kind of storyline to it. It's got. You know, the, the filmmaking of it's really good. Um, and the acting's kind of, you know, hit and miss, but it, I, I don't know how to explain it. It, it feels, uh, almost like you're rooting for the movie. It, it adds, it adds a bit of charm to the movie that wouldn't be there if you had, uh, like name actors that had been doing it for a while. And one of the things, another one of the things I liked about the movie, not so much about the movie, but of what this could mean in the future. I would like to see these group of filmmakers and these local actors get together and do something else, whether it's Slashback 2 or a completely different story. I, I just like, uh, Bruce mentioned like an indie spirit. And that's kind of, that's kind of what this is. I, I just want to see these people work together and have some fun on screen and, you know, come up with whatever wacky stories they can. We reviewed, uh, Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. Yeah. Sam and Maddie, like the, the documentaries, the documentary, but the movie within that is very rough around the edges but it's so much fun to watch because sam and maddie's personality come through even though they're not the you know they're not the greatest actors you know not the greatest filmmakers but that doesn't matter in this context similar with flashback like the the acting's not the best but the charm is all there and the uh in the movie itself the story is a pretty good uh science fiction horror movie and yeah i, I would definitely recommend it it's, it's cute as hell and still kind of uh, still manages to be kind of uh, gross and scary at times. And yeah, definitely check it out. Did it surprise you, Eric, that it was this good? I mean, were you expecting something lower at the end or, or and did it pleasantly surprise you? That's what I mean. I, I didn't know. I didn't know about the, the actors before watching it. I found that out after the fact. So as I'm watching it, I, I kind of noticed the acting was a bit stiff, but I, you know, the kids were charming enough that. I just kind of let it go. And then when I found out that, oh, the <clears throat> the filmmakers, you know, they got the the local kids in the area. It, it just like in retrospect, it just made me like the movie even more. And I already liked it to begin with. Oh, very cool. That this is a very positive review from Eric Holmes, Bruce Perky, along the same lines. The Yes, along the same lines. And I would just highlight a couple things. One thing that I really loved about it is it's in the community with the real people. And I think that you get to see there's a lot of little details in this movie just on like where they live or how they live or just how they get around the area they're in and on like bikes or uh, four by fours or how they hunt. There's little, little details that seem absolutely individual and, and probably true to life 
that wouldn't probably be in there if it's, this was made by like a big Hollywood film in a setting that everyone knows. But here it's like, it's just incorporating the actual lives of these people. And it doesn't call attention to itself. It's just there. So you kind of love that. And I also love a couple of little things like in the midst of preparing or battling with these uh, aliens, you know, there's moments where they still, you know, the girls are going to have like arguments over, you know, who gets to be with the guy they all think is cute and stuff like that. You know, just little (laughs) charming moments like that, that uh, it almost feels like they let them have some input too. I don't know if they did, but it almost feels like that because that also is really, um, I don't know, it just really adds a level of, of, of character to them, even if the acting chops maybe aren't quite there. Uh, but I, I was like, Eric, I thought it was just tons of fun. Eric mentioned a possible slashback too, or whatever productions come out of this area. Are you, do you want to see more from this troupe? Sure. I, I would love to see it. It could be even a different story. I mean, I, I would like to see him do more things. Uh, like, like he said, you root for this movie, unless you're just heartless, a heartless, soulless As Bruce person. Bruce has been known to be. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> or- and stay tuned to the rest of this episode. It may come out. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we're getting and the I, good. Yes, sorry, Eric. Go oh, I was it. also going to bring up. I, I really hope that um, they kind of uh, keep getting to make movies because how cool would that be to watch the like all the kids that were in Slashback do another movie and then another movie, and then we get to watch them because they're not going to be unprofessional actors forever. If they keep going, they're going to get better at what they do. How cool would that be to just watch their growth in their art form? As the movies progress, like to, to me, like the the potential for that is just uh, just really tickles me. And okay, I love it, and I hope they get to keep making movies over and over again. That is very positive review from you, Eric Holmes. Let's get to the sort of down and dirty star system. What it, what stars? How many stars do you give Slashback? I probably go four stars. It, it it was fun, definitely rough around the edges, so you can't really give it a five stars. But I mean, four stars is still pretty good, and I had a lot of fun with it. I totally watch it again. All right, Bruce, you. Exactly the same. Four stars. Four stars. Four stars for Slashback. Currently streaming as we speak on Shudder. I am putting words in Bruce's mouth. I think it's one of Bruce Perky's favorite streaming services. Am I right, Bruce? You are correct. It is the best value for the dollar. (laughs) I'm not. Yeah, best value for the dollar. And also, I would assume, I'm assuming that... You have seen, you have found most of your gems or the movies that you really love via the Shutter service, even over the other big time streaming service. Am I too forward to say that as far as just the, in aggregate, as far as the movies? I would say so, because some of my other favorite movies of the year, we've seen some definitely through different um, screeners, but not necessarily through one of the services. But I probably found more favorites this year that came from a service from Shutter. A lot of them as debuts on Shutter, So that should tell you something. Okay, very, very good. Okay, so that is Slashback. Very good. Four stars for both my buddies, my betters, Eric and Bruce. Now, Bruce was saying that that might be the nice part of him. It might has it might have gone away. Let's see if it goes away with The Sun. And let's see if Eric and I have anything to say about it. This movie, The Sun, headlined by Hugh Jackman. Again, we talked about it earlier. It's a follow-up to The Father, not a direct follow-up. It's directed by, again, Florian Zeller, again, based on a screenplay by Christopher Hampton. The actual source material is based on a play. The Sun centers on a very successful, I believe, lawyer played by Hugh Jackman. His son, he has two kids. One is pretty much a newborn, maybe one or two years old. And he's having a really nice relationship with his lover, Vanessa Kirby. They live in a really beautiful, spacious apartment. Knocking on his door one day is Laura Dern, his ex-wife. And she tells him that their son, played by, I believe, Zen McGrath, very good in this movie, their son doesn't want to live with his mom anymore, played by Laura Dern. So 
the son decides to she asks she asks her ex Hugh Jackman can you can my son can our son live with you for a while and uh, Hugh Jackman's character busy lawyer he acquiesces and he says oh, this will be a good time to know his son the problem is oh you know you think even though he's closer to his father this character this son has real problems of his own we get to find out what those problems are during the course of this narrative this movie is set in New York okay so if you love the atmosphere of seeing a lot of bridges, a lot of successful people commuting from one town to the next. It is an eyeful on a superficial level if you love New York or uh, you might be a New Yorker at heart. If you love, in my opinion, Lord Dern and Hugh Jackman and Vanessa Kirby, you love their performances, love them as actors. You you may like this more than the average person regarding the son. And also Zen McGrath, I've never seen him before, liked him as well. He's the young teen, I think, I don't know. He looks like 16 or 17, 18, around that era time. He has a very big role in this movie. I think he's very good in this movie. There are some barriers to entry, and we're going to be discussing that regarding the son. Now, let's first get to Bruce Perky regarding, I know you love the father, but what were your thoughts on the son? Well, I I think I would uh, revise the description you gave of this. The plot's a little different. The way I saw it was this. So you've got, you know, Wolverine, very, very rich, like really rich, like one percenter. Wolverine's living in this apartment. He has this shelf with a shoe on the shelf. It's barely balancing the shoe. And he's got this dryer. I mean, this dryer is always out of balance. And every other day it starts rattling around. He has to run over to keep the shoe and it almost falls. He, he keeps it back on the shelf over and over again. And his kid comes in the room one day and Wolverine says to his kid, he says, you know, I wish, I wish I knew what was happening. I wish I had a sign. And the kid holds up this giant sign that says, this is a sign. Please read this sign. And Wolverine is like, I don't get what's going on here. And then the, and one day, the, the dryer is really out of balance, and the shoe drops. I, I mean, we couldn't have seen that coming, but we did. There you go. <laughs> okay. That is Bruce's, quote, generous review of the sun. Eric Holmes, what say you? Are you going to be as oblique? Is the other shoe going to drop with your review of the sun? Um, I, I would agree with Bruce that uh, like we can totally see what the problem is and what needs to be done to maybe not fix the problem because the the problem is a little too um, complicated, Uh, but there's ways that you can go about attacking it and um, dealing with it. And I think Hugh Jackman's character, uh, uh, Logan Wolverine, if you will, Um, but (laughs) uh, Peter, uh, uh, his character, Peter, um, his son's dealing with some depression issues and Hugh Jackman's character doesn't know how to deal with it. He tries, he wants to, but like he, he keeps, uh, he keeps failing. He always gets opportunities to do the right thing. And he just continues to fail at doing the right thing. And there, there's one point where he's talking with Vanessa Kirby and he's telling her everything that he should be telling his son. And I, I'm just like, oh, okay, he's coming back. Tell him exactly what you just told Vanessa Kirby. And then he doesn't do it. And I was like, oh, man, it, it's just miss opportunity after miss opportunity for that character. And personally, I was I was eating this entire thing up. Um, Like his uh, family drama is a character piece. And I, you know, it was really frustrating to watch because I wanted, I wanted to reach through the screen, shake Hugh Jackman's character and go, you're almost there. Just, you know, say the thing, do the thing. And then everything will, you know, maybe not be fine, but maybe everything can, uh, can work itself out. And, um, yeah. It, well, you it's, know, uh, it, 
Eric, you were saying you were eating this thing up, this narrative yeah. up. Okay, cool. But can you see Bruce's side where this movie is getting mixed reviews, to say the least? Some people really love the performances and the story. But can you see Bruce's camp, meaning the barrier to entry, the people who will not appreciate or enjoy the viewing experience of The Sun? I think so. Um, because uh, I know Bruce told me, uh, you you mentioned, uh, well, Bruce, you can say what it was. It was like after school special yeah, some... after school special. I think, uh, to be serious, the problem to me is that this is a serious idea treated in a very simplistic way. Like, the characters aren't really characters in this movie. They're like types. Like you said, how frustrated you are. I'm frustrated by that, too, because it, it, that we aren't seeing any reason why the character isn't getting it. Like, he's an intelligent person. Everybody's telling him what's going on. He seems to be self-aware about his own history with his own father. By the way, the best scene in the movie is his scene with um, Anthony friends, Hopkins. With Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins, yeah. Which apparently was not in the original play. Oh, That's wow. added okay. on for this movie. That scene was amazing, partly because it had one of the best actors we have in the history, I guess, you know. But all these characters just act in ways that are really obvious. Like his son is very, like, two-dimensional. Like, we're not given any idea about who he actually is like i understand you can't explain depression right you can't explain it's not something you can say like just stop being sad that that's obvious but the movie kind of shows it as if he's just being sad you know what i mean like it doesn't give us a rounded character it doesn't give us a complete character and that kind of goes across the board i don't think these are very well-written characters for this important subject that's the problem i have you make such i I, I, I disagree with the with that a bit because um as far as like what the son's going through um he doesn't know what's wrong with him and when you have depression that's exactly true um i get and then, that but this is and the then movie. With the, the movie can ch- ch- show us more <laughs> it doesn't uh, do choose to do that no so. but I, I i understand what you're saying and also with hugh jackman's character like him not getting it that's also i think accurate to what a lot of people uh perceive depression as what what's right, wrong? Yeah. Why why can't you tell me? Just tell me what's wrong. Like he doesn't get it. And I think a lot of people that don't go through depression have this mentality that, um, oh, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps, get happy, tell me what's wrong, let's figure it out. When the fact is it's not that simple. I can't just I, I can't like Bruce, if you tell me um you have cancer, you can't tell me what it is and what right. I can do to help you because that's not how that works. And depression is similar. Uh, I, I think this movie does a good job in that way of explaining that um, depression isn't a thing that you can fix, a thing that you can get over. It's something that medical professionals have to treat. And well, it, it, it eventually got to that point. Right. I think that's going to be the, the perspective differences in this movie, right? Yeah. But I, yes. I, I can't help but compare it to The Father, which also was a situation that's very hard to describe and very hard to explain. And whereas that movie did something different, right? That movie kind of put us in the world yes. of that affliction, yes. right? And right. it seemed more complex and it seemed more nuanced and it seemed more nightmarish and it seemed more tragic and more... it. it try to uh, recreate that experience for us as a viewer. This did not do that. It stood back. You see, what's interesting, sorry, Bruce, what's interesting is your interpretation, I think is very accurate. And I think a lot of people who 
pushback or not like the sun will be in your camp. But I ended up being in Eric's camp because I thought the father was cinematic and immersive and the son was intendedly, I, I hate to say it, some of these characters are two-dimensional because it's hard to explain depression. You you can't, it, it's hard to make it nuanced. And this movie intentionally keeps us at an arm's length. And we're observers, observers as as far as, as opposed to participants, like it, like in The Father. I don't know, for some reason, especially the third act, when in, I know the third act, we were not going to talk about spoilers. Bruce, I'm sure when the third act rolled around, you probably rolled your eyes quite a bit. Yes. I am assuming. I heard it. Oh, you heard it. <laughs> I, heard, I, I was like, what's that eye rolling sound? I, I, I was, didn't even know he was watching the movie. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say my feelings were, but I was swept away by the third act because there is a situation that is completely out of left field that happens in the third act. That is a, a moment that will either put people on that boat or people will rapidly jump off that that boat for the sun and I, I i it just got me it really got me especially to what eric was saying that there are pieces and conversations and feelings that are shared or not shared or sentiments that are not shared that are that if you put the puzzles together they it's really interesting there's there's so many things that are left unsaid in this movie and it's frustrating to to watch but i think it's a story it's really inter- it, it it made me very interested so i'm going to give it a pretty good review eric you want to, i was butting in you were going to say oh, something i i was going to uh, mention uh as far as the ending i this ending really stuck the landing for me there was a part that happened that i got confused uh cuz i was like live chatting with uh, bruce as i was watching <laughs> um i i switched away from greg cuz he hadn't watched it at that point i'm like i'm not going to spoil it again for him but uh there's one part at the end that got me really confused uh, cause I didn't understand what was happening. And then what, you know, then oh. the movie explains it and that's just that, tough. uh, yeah, that's, that's to- tough. totally stuck the land. I'm not going to say much more than that. That's right. But, um, that's right. May- maybe we do a spoiler on this at some point, but, um, yeah. the, I, I think the, the stuff that happens at the end kind of, uh, never mind. I'm, I'm just going to stop talking because I, I, I will give it away if, if I keep talking. I mean, you Bruce, probably, yeah, never mind. Bruce, as an out, can you see a little bit of the, the flip side of the coin? It, this is a movie that will have a little bit of a device. I think more people will be on your camp, Bruce, because there's going to get more mixed reviews than actual positives. But do you see some people liking this movie for the, those specific reasons? Me and Eric were well, covering. Yeah, I mean, any movie, it's like if it gets you like if if you're swept into that world and it gets you it is an important topic and it is an emotional topic so if it's if it's working on you it's going to probably work all the way but if it's not working on you you're going to be pretty out by the time the last part comes so okay speaking of out what is your rating on the sun bruce perky uh two stars two stars i'm giving i can't believe i'm saying this i am giving the sun a solid four star rating it just it got it got to me it's yeah i i don't know Four stars for me for the sun. Eric Holmes. I'm going to uh, kick my dog until it stops barking. <laughs> okay, not that's really, not that's not the rating I wanted. Uh, that's that's, <laughs> that's not a good rating. I, I'm not really going to kick my dog, by the way. I'm, I, I don't do that. But uh, I, <laughs> I I'm also four stars on this. Because um, I, I, I recall the... Uh, I don't remember what my rating for the father was. I, I remember I watched it and I, it didn't really grab me. This one did. And I think it might have just been I maybe saw it at the right time or maybe just hit home a lot closer to me than most. But um, I did like this a lot more than the father. And wow. I, I was also I, I was also talking with uh, Bruce because uh, Bruce really liked the father. And I kind of like eh, it's fine. 
And then I, I really like this. Bruce like, yeah, whatever. I can't wait for the <laughs> third one when me and Bruce can both agree whether that means it's not good or it's great. But I, I suspect whatever this person's next uh, movie is. Me the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, the Holy the, Ghost. The, like... uh, Father of the Son, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> The Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> starring Nicolas Cage. I'm going to save your life. <laughs> Speaking of which, I st- I still have blowback regarding Pig, Eric Holmes. I- I still, I'm still surprised that you didn't love Pig as much as me and Bruce did. So that's I, something. I, that... I, I, I like Pig. I just, yeah, I just didn't love it. Um, okay. So, yeah. But that is The Sun received two stars from Bruce Perky and Eric gave it four stars. I gave it four stars. It is in New York and LA theaters on Friday. February, Friday, November 25th. And that is The Sun. I'm surprised that you liked it as much as I did. Bruce Perky, I, I mean, and uh, Eric Holmes. I, I don't know what is, what I was going to say something regarding the spoilers. I wonder if we should do the spoilers. One of these days we'll, we'll do a spoiler situation on The Sun. But um, how do you think it's going to do? Do you think it'll get any kind of Academy Award nominations or awards run? I was hearing buzz, but that was before it came out. I, I have no idea what people think of it um, because uh, there's only uh, four people's opinions who matter. Mine, oh. yours, Bruce's, and Anderson's. Oh, Anderson's. We, uh, we miss Anderson count. Very good. Eric Holmes, how very self-centered of you, but I'm glad exactly. you actually included, exactly included me in the foursome. Now, speaking of movies that me and Bruce have not seen, there is a movie called 2020, Chaos and Hope. You offered this link to me and Bruce. We were... You know, we're picking and choosing. We never did get to it. What can you tell our listeners about 2020 Chaos and Hope, Eric? So uh, 2020 Chaos and Hope is a documentary directed by June Baylor. And it's basically um, just a documentary on 2020. All the, the 2020 election, the coronavirus, uh, the Black Lives Matter movements, like just all the, all the, you know, perfect storm of uh, craziness that happened in 2020. That is impossible to cover. I don't know how you do that. I, well, um, you do it by leaving out uh, key things that give uh, a nuanced uh, perspective on everything that happened. Um, this, uh, I really did not like this documentary at all. In fact, um, I thought this uh, documentary, hopefully this is not um, something people go back to going, that's what 2020 was, because it's really only half a story. I wrote down a one-stop shop for all your confirmation bias needs. If you're a Democrat, you're going to give this movie a five out of five stars, 100%. Not left, not left-leaning. If you're a Democrat, you will give this movie a five out of five stars. And it's got, I mean, it's got stuff that actually happened. You know, it doesn't do the Michael Moore thing where it, where it uh, cooks it and just completely fabricates things. But it leaves out it leaves out key information on a lot of things to give a real nuanced uh, picture of what 2020 was. I, it's it's almost it's a, like it's a, a slant. It's basically it's a slanted documentary. It's very slanted. Yeah, extremely. Um, there's uh, to to find the truth, you need to look at all perspectives, and sometimes you got to look at perspectives and um with stuff you disagree with. Because the thing is, a lot of the a lot of the stuff this uh, documentary leans towards, I agree with. What I don't agree with um, is uh, strawmanning the arguments that go against what I think. I don't agree with um, hiding certain aspects of my position that are wrong. Because that that's how you grow. You need to you need to look at everything honestly. And if you're not going to do that, then why bother? At, at that point, it just becomes propaganda. And that's kind of what this was. 
Uh, at mm. least that's how, at least that's how I saw it. But other people are going to watch this and, uh, they're going to feel a certain way. You know, they're going to be like, Oh, everything about this is wrong, which isn't the case. Some of it's, some of it's actually happened. A, a lot of it actually happened. But some people are going to be like, this is everything exactly as it was also wrong. You know, this is, uh, this is just a partisan documentary. I believe, uh, June Billor, uh, directed like a couple of the Democratic National Convention things. Um, and when I saw that, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. This is kind of, it's weird yeah. because it's kind of like a worthwhile watch, a worth, yeah, a worth watch. Per not really. Like you said, if you're Democrat, like if you're a Democrat or not, even if. No, it, it, it's not worthwhile. And the reason I say that is because if you're a Democrat, this is going to be confirmation bias. And that okay. just leads to more disinformation and misinformation, which this movie claimed to be against. And it's ironic that as, as much as it called out disinformation, there's a lot of it in this. <laughs> wow. um, there's a lot of misinformation in this. And this is just kind of a failure on all levels. And what's what's really unfortunate is a lot of people are going to look to this as, uh, see, this is this is my confirmation bias. This is what happens. And they're just going to further perpetuate, you know, just uh, really bad arguments, uh, really one-sided thinking. And you, look, 2020 was terrible. We all know that. But if you want to figure out why, you have to look at everything. And this documentary doesn't do this. This documentary wants to pat Democrats on the back while calling everyone else a racist. And okay, some so- of them are, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the, the this is just uh, basically. A trolling documentary, more or less. At least that's how I see it. Okay, trolling documentary directed and produced, like you said, Eric, by award-winning filmmaker June Bellor. And 2020 Chaos and Hope, it features interviews with Dr. Fauci, Anthony S. Fauci, Cornell William Brooks, Adam Kissinger, Eric Lee, a bunch of talking heads, different people, Deva Woody, a whole bunch of talking heads. Were they any good? Interesting? 95 minutes? Or was it just, nah? nah no. Nah. Um, it, it, uh, you know, when you're like uh, maybe talking to someone and you can tell that everything they're telling you is a complete lie. And sometimes yeah. it's funny because it's so obvious. But then like sometimes they're telling you a complete lie and the people next to you are like, oh, really? I didn't know that. And now you start getting frustrated because it's like you really need to <laughs> shut your mouth because you're spreading <laughs> your your BS and I don't like it. Um, okay. And, and And honestly, I guess since I don't like this documentary. I guess that makes me a racist Republican Nazi. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously, which you are not. So that's 20- no, no, I am. No, I am because I don't like this documentary. And if you don't like a documentary that leans a uh, Democrat, then that means you are a racist Nazi. So sorry oh. about that. <laughs> sorry about that. No, no, he's he's a kind man, folks. No, but this is 2020, 2020 chaos and hope. It is currently, as of this recording, it is. It is available at theaters at the Lamley Monica Film Center in Los Angeles. There is a live appointment viewing live stream event on December 8th. If anything that Eric Holmes said regarding 2020 Chaos and Hope made you want to actually see it. Yes. December 8th live stream event. And also it is available. It is in theaters this week here at the Lamley Monica Film Center. Your rating on 2020 Chaos and Hope. Uh, my rating would be zero stars simply because your enjoyment of this or your uh, how you feel on how important this is, is absolutely dependent on what, you know, what team you root for. If you root for one team, you're going to call it a zero star. If you root for the other team, you're going to call it a five star. It, it brings nothing to the table, um, but partisanship.
which I which, think is kind of gross. Which is definitely, definitely gross. Okay, so that is definitely not a recommend from our featured reviews from Eric Holmes. Let us get to our, usually for Find Your Film, what we do is we'd have a what's in the box pick, but this is sort of, we're repurposing it to like a Find Your Film recommendation segment. I don't, Bruce Perky's not here right now. I think he's up doing something right now. So we're going to re, we're going to review a movie called Seri Noir. It's a film by Alan Curnow and it's based on a Jim Thompson novel. Okay. And this movie was released in 1979. The Jim Thompson novel was, it was called A Hell of a Woman. And it centers on this door-to-door salesman named Frank Poupart, played by Patrick DeWare. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. He meets a teenager on one of his door-to-door sales pitches. And this teenager, her name's Mona. And Mona ends up is a prostitute, a forced prostitute, because her aunt makes her have sex with people for different favors. For example, this in this case, Frank is offered sex from the teen because his the aunt wants a some kind of jacket or something. So this is a very, as the movie starts, we're off in a very seedy position, proposition, that is. And Frank himself is not exactly an angel. He's a little bit of a, I don't know, sleazy, two-timing. Little yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are things that will be revealed toward, throughout the narrative, but Frank is not exactly a, he's not exactly a choir boy, but he does something that's really interesting that actually attracts Mona from the beginning is he decides not to take up the offer and he doesn't, he decides not to bed the teenager, A, because he doesn't it's illegal to do that and he doesn't want to do that or is he just holding off and maybe he might be secretly lusting for her as the narrative winds winds um goes forward you realize mona ends up being a big part of frank frank's schemes and plottings frank also has a wife who is a long-suffering wife because frank is pretty much we're not swearing he is pretty much a bleep hole and let's just say it right now and that is jerk He's a he's yeah good Eric a real he's, jerk <laughs> he's a jerk there is a lot of barrier to entries regarding Seri Noir if Bruce was here I'm gonna spoil it I think he wasn't a big fan of the movie but this movie is so sociopathic there are so many interesting visual moments in this film this is a movie that I'd probably watch a couple of times more but it is just a nasty nasty movie if you are familiar with Jim Tom Jim Thompson's work like I, I believe what after dark my sweet yeah he's not exact he's a very dark writer and this is straight in it's really a very seedy kind of story Eric Combs did Seri Noir I was recommending it to you because I dug it Bruce didn't like it where do you fall this uh remind me um mostly in tone of like a bad boy bubby or uh what was the leo cracks movie when they're on the bridge lovers on the bridge lovers on the bridge right very good yeah it it had a it had a real similar tone to both of those um if you like those kind of movies i would at least check it out the characters are not good people (laughs) but you know that doesn't necessarily mean a bad movie just if you're one of the kind that's like i didn't like any of the characters it's probably not the movie for you but I, I think it was an interesting movie and it was uh kind of a kind of turned into a heist. I mean, I guess at the heart of it, it's a heist movie, right? Uh, heist gone wrong. Like uh, maybe something like Fargo Um, is not, you know, at all in the same tone of Fargo, but you also get a bunch of really interesting characters. Uh, the characters are deplorable. Almost all of them. Um, almost right. Almost all of them. Like, there's yeah. a couple of a couple of them who are actually not that bad. Yeah, the the girl is just kind of uh, oh, she's got some atonement to do. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 
There is an extended sequence between the main guy, Frank, and one of his good buddies. And it's just an straight out of left field situation because Frank is plotting a certain high situation like Eric was talking about. And he's trying to plot it with his buddy. And it's just so off the wall. They end up drinking. And it's a weird sort of aside that goes on for about 15 minutes. And it could, for I think for a lot of people, it could lose them because it goes, has this weird left turn. But I, as soon as it, it did that, I was into it because this just, this movie goes kind of all over the place, but I was just really locked into this very sleazy, grimy crime, romance, sleazy. Oh, it was just yeah. dirty film, dirty, I, dirty film. I, I feel like the, like this type of movie, I don't think there's a name for the genre, but it feels like it is a genre, even though I don't think it's been codified. Like right. with this and Bad Boy Bub, it's like the... The filmmaking is really dirty, but the characters are really, uh, really intense. Um, yeah. Like the, the, like the, the characters leap off the screen, whether you like them or not, but they're That's- like strange. And the, the, there's just a, there's a similar thread to all these type of movies and it feels like it's its own genre, but I, I, I wouldn't be able to call it, uh, give it a name, but I, I, f- I think, I think if you saw it, you'd probably go, Oh yeah, I, I kind of see what you're saying. You weren't bored, right? You were not because you said characters leap off the screen. That means you were not bored watching. No, this movie. no, no. Um, I, I was, uh, I, I was kind of disgusted with a lot of the things that the uh, main character was doing. Um, uh, oh. both with the gaslighting and the uh, yeah, a lot of bad. family show. So I won't say <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of but yeah. It, it's not it's not like gory or anything, but just the characters do like really horrific things and. But that, I mean, that's, I guess that's the interesting thing about this, just watching um, jerk characters do jerk things the whole time. And so yes. if that's something you want to see, then go for it. If that's something you're kind of disgusted by, then maybe uh, stay away. Jerk characters doing jerk things in city. It's a family noir. show. I gotta, you yeah, know, but, no, 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 Holmes no. is here. I can't, I can't go with the regular uh, Eric, what Eric yeah. Holmes would say. I know. I love it. No, I, I love the descriptions. I'm laughing because I actually <laughs> really dig the descriptions. It's currently on Blu-ray. If I had any nickels to scrape together, I would buy Serie Noir. I love it so much because it's so disgusting. Bruce Perky, where do you land on this movie? Are you, did you uh, squeal with ple- squeal with pleasure? You know, I I felt like I was going to be down with this movie for the first 20, 15, 20 minutes. But then I just, I didn't understand the character's motivation whatsoever. I felt like he was really, um, I know he's supposed to be like kind of this low down scammer type dude first of all i didn't just i didn't understand maybe you already talked about it i didn't understand what his job was is well, can, he can i can i give devil's advocate here yeah what if i said this character frank he is a bit like eric said a jerk what if he doesn't know what he's doing yeah but he didn't act like a human being like he acted like he he acted unless he was just absolutely supposed to be insane but it, it seemed like so overdone like he was so like sometimes he was like scheming to do something okay i understood that stuff but then sometimes he was supposed to be like uh looking out for this girl maybe but then sometimes he was madly in love with her and then sometimes he was madly in love with his wife maybe but not and then i just sometimes, felt like it sometimes was, he loves his friend sometimes he wants to take care of his friend yeah his i just felt buddy. like it was all <laughs> over the place and i had um, no idea what this character's um where he came down on things i didn't know no other than greed but even that wasn't very consistent throughout this movie he seemed to have different motivations throughout all the way through, I never understood what his point was, other than he loved to drive to a vacant lot a lot. He kept driving to the same vacant lot in the snow and having things that vacant lot. And 
Uh, I like I said, I didn't even know what his job was. Was he just a door to door salesman? Yes. Was he? Yes, but that's what it's he also described. seemed like. Is he? Did he sell stolen goods? Did he? Yeah, he seemed to also be kind of a a loan shark, sorta, or working for a loan shark. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And I thought the the movie itself was rather um, manipulative and exploitive, like a, a behind the scenes as well. And I didn't like that either. Right. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, from what I read, the actress who was 16 when the the scene was filmed, which was absolutely, which was absolutely unnecessary. And you can say, well, in that time, 16 wasn't nothing. But the whole point of the movie is that that is unacceptable in this movie. Yeah. I, and I, apparently, I, I'd agree with that. And apparently, she was um, uncomfortable doing nudity for the rest of her life and her acting career. And mm-hmm. so, I, I felt like a lot of it was kind of creepy and weird too. Just on top of that, so I, I did not like this movie. Yeah, it, I look. It's sad. I, the postscript to this is I don't know if you guys know what happened. Marie Tretignan, the sixteen-year-old, she ended up dying in the hands of her lover, and he went to jail for eight years for that. I, be- I believe she passed away in two thousand three. The lead actor, Patrick Dewar, Dewar, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I believe he's a very popular and respected actor. He committed suicide. So some really, some sad stuff that happens at the end of, you know, after this movie's existence. But the movie itself is just, again, there's some people who really, really love this movie. Like Ai Karpetian from Squeal. I dug it. I thought this movie was a whole vibe, but again, what Bruce had to say, I'm going to plug this. The Blu-ray, the film movement Blu-ray has <laughs> a interview with Alan Curnow and Mary Tritignan. I'm sure that's an archive interview. A new essay, of course. New essay by film critic Nick Pin- Pinkerton and Seri Noir, The Darkness of the Soul Featurette. It's a very interesting movie. I would. It's 116 minutes. The film movement Blu-ray has new 2K digital restorations. Bruce, on the flip side again, there are people like Ike, me, I don't know what Eric's going to give this movie. I'm assuming Eric as well. Love it. Why do you see that side too, as far as it being an atmosphere or vibe or method to the madness or not? Uh, I suppose. I mean, I like lots of movies with really unlikable characters. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Just this week, I rewatched King of Comedy. Love that movie. Very Mm -hmm. unlikable character, but it has a point and it's like, and you can understand the character and I couldn't understand this character whatsoever. Hey, Bruce, you do, you do podcasts with unlikable hosts. No, I, I like you guys. <laughs> and surprisingly, amazingly. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm going to say right now my rating for Serene Noir because yes, I am pretty much a sociopath. Four and a half out of five stars for Serene Noir. Serene Noir. I was so glad, Bruce, that you brought this to the show. Bruce, what is your rating on this movie? Uh, two stars. Two star. You you were a mean man. The, the rest of this episode, Bruce. After that one nice thing you had to say, you I went told to, you, <laughs> you <laughs> on a, a big mean streak. Eric Holmes, save us with some light into Serene Noir. What is your rating, sir? I don't know if I can. <laughs> the, I I, did, I didn't know about the behind the scenes stuff, and that actually the fact that that uh. Uh, that actress is naked like half the time. Kind of, oh, it kind of yes. puts a bad taste in my mouth all of a sudden. Um, you want to suspend? You I, I, could I, suspend I it. Say, you could spend, suspend I, the rating. I, I will say, um, or two I ratings. Given this, like three and a half before. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I would, uh, I would take Bruce's. If what Bruce is saying is true, I would take that to heart. And maybe just skip, skip this altogether. Okay. So, after he said that, just thinking back on the movie, I'm like, oh. I, I I just look. This is a family show. I just yes. assumed they had of age actors playing a sixteen year old. I didn't know that they actually. Same. Yeah, I thought she was this like maybe. What, this is what I asked myself, and I know we're going back to the review. This is what I asked myself. Imagine those same scenes. You can absolutely shoot those scenes without 
the nudity. Yeah. Like you can show her from behind. You can show her supposedly opening up her shirt or something. You can do, you can easily create the exact same movie without that. Bad Greg was going to say Bruce Perky, but titillation is part of the cinematic experience. But I'm not going to say that, even though I just did. Cinematics listeners, I, Greg Srizavasti did not say that. Just I'm playing quote unquote devil's advocate. So I'm not saying that to Bruce. I just put it out there. And I apologize for my four and a half star rating for me. And I'm going to actually defend myself by saying this is a very beloved film. But Eric yeah. and Bruce. Yes, Eric. Oh, oh no, I, I still think this is a good movie. I, I would just say anyone wanting to check it out, knowing that now. Just keep that in mind. If that's something that bothers you, then I'd probably skip it. If it's not something that bothers you, then uh, I mean, you're going to get something similar to Bad Boy Bubby or Lovers on the Bridge, I think. That's fair. Listen, Eric, what, listeners, what Eric is saying is you, if you have any kind of uh, level of uh, decorum or morality or scruples, please listen to his reviews and Bruce Perky's. If you are amoral and border on the dark side and live there, <laughs> Follow Greg Rosavasti's review of Serene Noir, 1979 film by Alan Corneau. That is our Find Your Film recommendation from me. Kind of a weird thing with Eric. It's a good movie. He has issues, understandably so. And Bruce gives it four st- uh, two stars for Serene Noir. That was my wishful four stars for Bruce Perkino. No, it is two stars for Serene Noir. This is the end of the show. We're still, this is our first, even though we've been doing these previews, it's weird actually do, Bruce, isn't it weird to actually do a find your film kind of dynamic to cin- the weekly cinematics? How, how, did you, how do you think we did? Do we do okay? I think we did okay. I think people will tell us and, and we will adjust as need be. And we're going to kind of reform it and get it just the perfect mix. I'm sure Anderson will probably have some ideas too. So let's okay. see what he says. Yeah, okay, great. Eric Holmes, chime in. Did, did we do, I mean, we still have the spirit of find your film wafting in the, ra- not in the rafters, a part of the big part of cinematics. Are you, were you okay? Are you okay with the transition? Did we make a good transition with this initial offering, cinematics offering? Yeah, um, I, I, I think it's a good marriage because uh, we managed to talk about a statutory rape on a family channel. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That I was going to say, I was going to cut that, but you know what? I love that. I love that comment. Before we end the show, we have, we're going to cover a couple of movies next week. I think Bruce Berkey, is this a movie or is this the, your state of mind or my state of mind? A Wounded Fawn, we're covering that next week. Was that your the the one, a Shutter movie, Shutter release? Yes, it is both those things. <laughs> it is both, for next week. I don't even know what these movies are. This is a movie called, so next week for Cinematics. Episode 166, you're going to be treated to reviews of, we currently have screener links for A Wounded Vaughn, currently on Shutter. We have a movie that Eric Holmes is about 15 minutes and 39 seconds into. What is that movie you're 15 minutes and 39 seconds into right now, Eric Holmes? What's that movie? Hunt. Hunt. A, little, a little further into it than that, but uh, yeah, that Hunt should be a good one to talk about, I think, uh, oh. if, if the movie continues as it is so far. You, are you liking the 15 minutes here? I'm under an embargo. I cannot say... That oh, I like it so far. I'm don't not you dare say that. Don't you dare be professional. So I will so. not say that I like it so far. I will just not say anything. You will not say. You will not say anything. I should have. I should have actually taken Eric Holmes's advice regarding my review of Serene Noir and not say anything. Finally, we're also going to be doing a review of this documentary called Dave Stevens Drawn to Perfection. It's an indie film about an artist, and I don't know. Might be interesting. I think the artist of Rocketeer. Have you guys ever seen the Rocketeer? Yeah, I love that Long movie. Long time ago. Long time preview ago. screening. I saw a preview screening of The Rocketeer. Did you like it when you saw the preview screening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really, I think that's an underrated, like, kind of fun, weird family movie that's sort of in between Raiders of the Lost Ark and Disney stuff, you know? 
Yeah, Eric. Yeah, I agree with you. Have you ever seen The Rocketeer, Eric Holmes? Uh, yeah. Um, back when it was on HBO, like first, came, you know, first came out on TV. Um, I remember it being a Superman movie that wasn't quite Superman, and I remember liking it, but I haven't seen it in decades, so I I couldn't say one way or another. I recently saw. I saw it about three, four months ago. Ended up really enjoying it. I, I forgot the name of that that director. He's he directed the first Captain America, but he's a very good filmmaker. And uh, yeah, I got to look him up. But oh, Joe yeah. Johnson, Joe very Johnson good. or Joe Johnston? Uh, did, Joe uh, Johnson, I think. Yeah, Joe Johnson. Yeah, he also did The Wolfman. And yes, and created yeah. Boba, Boba Fett, I think. Yes, look at this. The font of knowledge, Eric Holmes, very, very good. This is what listeners, this is what you're going to get on a weekly version of cinematics. You're going to have the insightful analysis and astute and sometimes bracing reviews from Bruce Berkey. You could have some of the cinematic knowledge. For, for, what do you think? Bruce is whispering bracing. so <laughs> bracing. I like that. And then, yeah, 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 I like that. I like, I'm so, so self centered with my uh, descriptions. And Eric Holmes gets a font of knowledge of entertainment history. And uh, for me, I, assuming I thought, I'm correct, if I'm not correct, then I like get, it. I like you it. You just get 2020 chaos and hope out of my mouth. <laughs> right. And then, of course, Anderson Cowan, we, uh, he is our, king and queen and uh what is it country uh, he's he's out in iceland right now but he'll be with us in a couple of weeks so yeah every week cinematics i don't know how to end the show usually we would end it up with some witticisms from bruce perky but yeah you know what this is cinematics episode 165 but this is also another episode of find your film so let's so let's end with some witticisms from bruce perky well all i would say is if um if we can if someone can lens a film like a movie then I think we microphone this podcast. Very, es- very esoteric. Eric, do you have any idea what Bruce just said? He said, <laughs> <laughs> I know that was a dig on, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go. See you guys next week here on Cinematics. Thank you guys.